It's time for the best coverage of the top stories in sports. The Sports Wrap with Jason Page starts now. Welcome to this Monday edition of the program this January 1st, 2024. Depending on when you're watching, of course. I am Jason Page. Be joined shortly by Sammy Arnell. Kurt Heelan of Pro Basketball Talk at NBCSports.com hangs out with us on the program today. Why? Because it's January 1st. It's the day after New Year's. And there ain't a ton of people that want to talk today. Most people are just recovering. Trying to trying to just get through the day and get to the college football uh, playoff games and all of that stuff. And we'll get into that uh, as we go in through the program as well. Uh, for those of you who have not seen the streaming version of the show, this might be the first time you're, you're checking out the sports wrap. Uh, welcome to the program. We are thrilled to have you. An hour every day. It's fun. It's insightful. We have guests. We have tons of topics. We try to blow through as much in an hour as we can each day. Um, sometimes we'll be talking about sports betting. Sometimes we'll be talking about just the games, the deeper stories, some things that the the bigger networks may not be covering for one reason or another. We get into all of it every day, five days a week. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, you'll see our social media handles throughout the show. If you want to reach out to us, feel free to do so. Check out anything you want to check out at sportsrap.tv. Uh, we have a podcast version of the show, a vodcast version of of the show, which will allow you the ability to go and get our picks, which we sometimes give during the show, because depending on when you're seeing the show, the games may have already happened. So we just want to let you know there is a podcast version of the show and a vodcast version of the show available each day. Uh, just go to sportswrap.tv and get all the information. All right, let's start things out in the NFL week 17. And what is going on with the Philadelphia Eagles? I think that's what everybody's trying to figure out at this point. I mean, Philadelphia just can't seem to get out of their own way. They were up, I think, 21-6 yesterday uh, against a, a beleaguered Cardinals team uh, that's sort of just playing out the string, trying to get Kyler Murray right, sort of figure out what they have, what pieces to keep, what pieces to get rid of next year. And they lose at home 34-31. They've dropped four of their last five. And everybody's just starting to wonder right now what's going on with the Eagles. With that, we say hello to our friend Sammy Arnell, who hangs out with us every day on the show. Uh, all right, Sam, the pride of D.C., let's, uh, let's try and dissect here what is wrong with Philadelphia beyond the fact that we know their safeties are garbage. They're trash. It's, it's just there's no getting around it right now. That team is struggling. Uh, to stop other teams, they they you know the time of possession yesterday. The Cardinals had it for two thirds of the game. I think forty minutes to twenty minutes. Where do you go right now if you're Philadelphia, having dropped four or five, but still with a chance to win the division? Jason, first of all, great to be with you each and every day on the program. I I think that we've reached a point where this is a coaching issue. In Philadelphia, I really do. And I, I've always been a Sirianni guy. I love a good Paisano in the NFL. That said, it, you saw it yesterday. This team just, they can't compete under Sirianni anymore. I really, I think they've got to make the move at head coach. That's always your solution, though. It's it really always, is. And all, I was going to preface with that. I was going to preface with that. Every head I'm a coach big would be fired. Guy. Every head coach would be fired. Stan Van Gundy's going to hate you. Because every head coach in your mind has to be fired. But, I mean, look, 
I mean, there and and there are some people questioning whether or not this is a Sirianni problem, uh, because you can't fire players; you can only fire coaches. You know, unless you're the the Broncos and you've basically fired uh, Russell Wilson. So I guess in some regards, you could fire you could fire players once in a while if you've got ninety million dollars to blow through, uh, like they do. But I, I tell you, man. The one thing this weekend in the NFL told me, just to kind of broaden out the conversation uh, that we continue to figure out is they're just, unless you're looking at Baltimore now and forever and forever and a day, it was San Francisco for me. But now I have to say that the favorite to me is Baltimore. And unless you're looking at them as a prohibitive favorite, any number, I mean, there, there are so many different combinations that I could see, and it's going to be predicated on matchups and where we get to in this postseason. It just feels to me, and I've said this a lot this year, it feels to me like we're going to get a matchup in the Super Bowl that nobody's expecting. I think that that's fair. And, you know, at this point, like you said, the way that things are trending, probably more likely than not. That said, how how would you ever bet against the Baltimore Ravens this season to do everything in a year where San Francisco has faltered and it seems like every team at some point or another has had glaring obvious weaknesses Baltimore is kind of the one team that hasn't and they've gone through a ton of injuries as the Baltimore Ravens famously do every year but they've weathered it this year. It's they just really there's something different going on in Baltimore this year, Jason. Yeah, there, there certainly is. And talk about Miami. I mean, you got look, I've been as big a Dolphins guy for much of the season. I've been as much of a Dolphins guy as you're going to find around you know, the sports media. But there's no questioning that this team is just not ready for prime time. I mean, there's just I, there's no getting around it at this point. The Baltimore Ravens, the, the Miami Dolphins, week three. The the Dolphins are not ready for prime time. Tua is not ready for prime time. Forget Tyreek Hill for MVP. That's gone out the door now. Um, you know the drop pass in the end zone. I mean, you cannot. I don't look. If we're gonna throw him his flowers, not say flowers. If we're gonna throw the guy his flowers when he plays as well as he's played this season. In that spot, in that game, in that moment, you cannot drop a pass that basically hits you in the helmet the way he did yesterday. Um, and be talking about a wide receiver winning an MVP and award that's generally given to, to quarterbacks anyway. I think Lamar Jackson sewed up the, uh, the MVP race yesterday. Uh, I think that's fair. Best quarterback on the best team. Again, I'll sit here until the cows come home and tell you that the most deserving candidate for MVP this year is Josh Allen, but that's neither here nor there. On top of all that, Jason, I, you can never, in good faith, give the MVP to a player who played in a game where their team lost, what was it, 56-19? It, yeah, that's never going to happen. They've, been, they've a had a like couple that. of those games. They've had a couple of those games this year, one of the Bills as well. Every player on the roster has been made ineligible from the MVP because <laughs> of that scoreline alone. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, stick around. We've got more to get to from the NFL. Sam will rejoin us a little later on in the program. we got to get to some odds on the Super Bowl as well, which are kind of interesting to me that I was looking at before. 49ers? Are your Super Bowl favorites over the Ravens? Did anybody see what happened in week 16? I don't get it. 
Kurt Heelan talks basketball from NBC Sports on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Over 13 million Americans were affected by identity theft in 2022, and the threats go way beyond just credit card fraud. Today's identity thieves can use your information in ways that are easy to miss by just monitoring accounts and credit, like opening loans, transferring home titles, even committing crimes. Someone got my social security number, made a driver's license, and was used for criminal activity. You can do so much with a social security number that I didn't know could happen. They drained my bank account. It was terrifying. You're even more vulnerable than you realize. Your information is exposed through online shopping, banking, even corporate data breaches. No wonder there's a new victim of identity theft every three seconds. Only LifeLock alerts you to the widest volume of threats all in one place, like someone trying to use your social security number, open a new loan in your name, or even commit a crime in your name. There was a big yes button and there was a big no button. I clicked, that's not me, and LifeLock took it from there. If you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will be assigned to your case and work to fix the issue on your behalf. If something happens, you have somebody fighting for you. All LifeLock members are backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package, including reimbursement for stolen funds, personal expenses, and coverage for lawyers and experts up to $1 million. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. With LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. I will be with LifeLock forever. Join the millions of people already protected by LifeLock. And for a limited time, save 25% on your first year with promo code 25TV. All plans include a 60-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-710-7531 or visit lifelock.com slash 25TV to save 25% on your first year of identity theft protection. Enroll now. Attention families with a loved one in a nursing home. If your loved one has suffered from bed sores, falls, broken bones, dehydration, or even death, you may be entitled to a substantial settlement. If you have a loved one who is injured in a nursing home, we will find out what happened. State violations are found against nursing homes every day. You have a limited time to file your claim, so don't wait. Call 800-398-5999 and speak with one of our attorneys. The call is confidential and free. Sports Wrap continues on this Monday, the first day of January, 2024. Um, Sammy Arnell will rejoin us coming up shortly. Getting to the Jim Harbaugh stuff. Something to consider, some odds and ends. But we're hanging out with our man Kurt Heelan of Pro Basketball Talk at NBCSports.com today. Giving us some thoughts on some items around the league. And boy, when we talked last week... I did not anticipate that when we came on Monday, there would be a trade involving the Knicks and Raptors, especially given all the the legal tension between those two sides. I mean, the Knicks are like suing the Raptors, which is a whole other topic for another time. But then they go and make a deal with the Raptors, and they bring in a significant piece in OG Ananobi. They part ways with R.J. Barrett, who is a Canadian, by the way. Yeah, and and Emmanuel quickly. I do not like them giving up quickly. By the way, I am. I don't think you can overstate his importance to that team and what he gives them off the bench. So I'm curious to see 
you know, and Dante DiVincenzo started to play well, and that's and that's given some Nick fans some hope that maybe he can he can blossom into the the sort of player that the Warriors thought he might be. But give me some thoughts on on the Knicks going and getting Ananobi and how much it might have surprised you. Uh, the timing surprised me uh, more than anything else. I, it, it happening by December thirtieth, which is a it was something the Knicks would want just because of how it makes them able to possibly resign him on on June 30th. Uh, He's not going to opt in for financial reasons. He's not opting in next year. He will be a free agent. The Knicks will have to resign him. But if you're the Knicks, you're not making this trade. You're not giving up all that, including quickly without a wink and a nod assurance that he's going, not going anywhere. So I, I would be shocked if he signs anywhere else. I like it for the Knicks in this sense. Ananobi brings defense on the wing in a conference where, man, you're going to have to see Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Donovan Mitchell. And like, we could just run through a list of wing guards, you know, sure. everybody in Milwaukee. Like, so he brings great on the ball defense and he works really well off the, like he's going to fit next to Brunson and Randall really well as a guy who, Hey, throw me the kick out. I can still drive it. I scores. He shoots the three. Well, he fits better with them. The Knicks got the best player in this trade today in Ananobi, but you hit the nail on the head, and I, I, you, you sound like every Knicks fan I know. Quickly in three years could be the best player in this deal. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, this is a huge win for the Raptors, who put him in the starting backcourt uh, by Dennis Schroeder. Enjoy the bench. You put quickly in the backcourt with Scotty Barnes, and, and they're both young. That's a nice foundation to start with. Can you see them moving Schroeder? If somebody, I comes, love if, if, because because I loved what Schroeder did last year in Los Angeles with the Lakers. I mean, he added something yeah, no, to that team in in some big moments down the stretch for that team, getting them into the postseason. Schroeder was a big part of that. He can still play. Team, yeah, absolutely. And for a team looking for a solid point guard, a rotation point guard, if you're making this trade, you're a playoff or contender who said, "Hey, you know what? I need I need ten minutes a night." in a postseason series, Dennis Schroeder can give you 10, 15 solid minutes a night off the bench in quality. If you're, you know, lesser teams can start him, but if you put him in the right place, you know, if he's, and the Knicks aren't going to pick him up, but if he were like behind a Brunson, like he, that's 15 quality minutes you can count on in a postseason series. That's huge. Does this so, mean? Yeah, does, I wouldn't be surprised, but they're not done dealing. I mean, well, that's what I was going to ask you. Does this mean? Does this mean the full rebuild is on? Yes. But it's uh, but but I, I don't want to say full rebuild because you do bring right. in Barrett and quickly who are bona fide yeah. NBA players yeah. that can play. So I don't think they're throwing in the towel and and saying, hey, you know, we're gonna no. we're gonna we're gonna stink for the number one pick and that sort of thing. I don't think it's that sort of situation. Not at all. And that was part of what they've been letting out. Look, Hey, we're not tearing this thing down to the studs. They've got Scotty Barnes uh, who will get a max extension and, and be um, look, he's taken a step forward this year. He looks like an all a guy who can be an all NBA level player. So now you bring in the pieces to start to go around him. The big one, the big move. It's like when I wrote up this trade and it said winners or losers, I almost put TBD on the Raptors because I still think they win it a little bit or it's a win for them in a sense, but like the real TBD is what do you do now? Because Siakam will be on the move somewhere. What do you get back to turn this into a younger version that you can start to take forward? What, what's the big drop there? Because look, there are certainly teams interested. I know we were talking about it just before we came on. 
Yeah, and I mean, look, there, there's going to be a number of teams interested in Siakam. The Mavericks are certainly one uh, that could get involved there. And when you're talking about Dallas, you're talking about a team that can't play any defense, what would Siakam bring in that regard? He works, again, a secondary shot creator, uh, which is something they desperately need. Like, I mean, I guess Kyrie's there, but that's it gives you you can't have enough shot creation. It gives you another guy. It also gives you a long... Six eight solid wing defender. He's not as good a defender as Ananobi, but he's he's a good defender. Uh, and he would fit in brilliantly there. I'll tell you the other place that's had an eye on him um, and has the pieces to make some moves is the Pacers. They Halliburton's taken this big step forward. They see this as all right. We got we got this guy. Who we got? Well, Siakam likes to run. He is your secondary shot creator in the wing. He can shoot the three. Um, He's great in transition. He can make that pass as well. So suddenly that team becomes – that seems like a really good fit as well. That team becomes a lot more interesting with Siakam there. So uh, those two I know are on the watch. I do, like, the Hawks have been involved with him forever. The Kings have been rumored. So uh, any of those, he'd fit great. Frankly, Siakam's a plug-and-play guy who's probably between the 14th and 20th best player in the league, depending on how you want to rank him, like hey, whatever you want to – He's just kind of good at everything, and I think a lot of people don't realize how good he is because Canadian teams never get to be on American sure. television. Oh, it's true. Uh, bring it back full circle here in the in the last few seconds of this of this first segment with you. Um, to the Knicks, does it make them a top four team in the East? Really? Um, I think no. They, and, I don't know that they're dramatically better than they were because of of losing their bench just got worse, but but. And Anobi's going to be a great fit. I, I think it so depends on them. They're, I don't think they're as good as the top three as Philly, Boston, or Milwaukee. But they might be the fourth best team now, and they might already be. It kind of is going to depend on what that 4-5 matchup looks like and, and how they do. Um, but I, they what they didn't do in this, Jason, that's important, didn't give up any of their first, kept a lot of powder dry. What they still need is a 1A guy. Sorry, Hammond's right. They have to go get a 1A guy. <laughs> and... If someday Luca Embiid, whoever your 1A guy is that comes available, they've still got the picks and players to go after that guy. We'll see. There's still a lot of time to make moves before the before the trade deadline. There could still be more to come. Speaking of more to come, we will have more with Kurt Heelan of Pro Basketball Talk at NBCSports.com. Get his thoughts on some interesting comments from Steve Kerr, the Warriors head coach, a whole bunch more. It's the Sports Wrap. Sports Wrap continues on this Monday, our first TV version of the show. Glad to have you with us. With you Monday through Friday with the one-hour edition of the show, 30-minute weekend edition available as well. All of it's available in the vodcast, which you can find on Spotify and whatever your favorite podcasting platform of choice is. Kurt Halen of Pro Basketball Talk, NBCSports.com, is hanging out with us on the show. You can find him on Twitter, well, X, formerly known as Twitter, at Basketball Talk. Kurt, uh, talk a little bit about the Warriors here who continue to scuffle uh, yeah. through this season. We talked about them a little bit last week, basically being a 500 team. You talk about teams that are making moves. We talked about the Knicks in the last segment. What is the move that makes the most sense that you could see the Warriors making that upgrades them from what they are right now? 
Yeah, they need some defense. Steve Kerr directly talked about them just not being gritty, just not being, if you prefer the term, tough. But they're just, I mean, those championship warrior teams, and really any championship team, but like those championship warrior teams, you've got to have some grit. you got to have a little bit of nastiness in you. I don't care if you're the Showtime Lakers. you got to have Kurt Rambis out there banging you know, people <laughs> around. Like it, You've got to have some of that. Draymond, obviously, they're kind of lacking that with Draymond out right now until he returns at whatever point, probably. And then sometime this month, Jason. Um, but I don't know that that's enough. And I don't know. The, the decisions they have to make are kind of, they have a trade piece. In Chris Paul, they could move Chris Paul's expiring 30 million for as good as he's been for them. They, they would ship him out tomorrow for the right player. I just don't know if that guy is out there, but they need they've got, they've got to make the Clay Thompson decision. What are you are they bringing him back? Does Clay this do you want to bring him back? Do you Steph want to bring him back? Can you really let Steph hold you? I don't want to say hold you hostage because I know what Steph's meant yeah. to that organization, but can you really let Steph and Curry run the you know, the operation in terms of who stays and who's goes for a team that's obviously going to be in a rebuild mode anyway. And Curry in a year or two could turn around and say, I want to go finish my career in Charlotte, you know, and play where my dad played. Can you really take that risk if you're this organization? Yeah, if you're Charlotte, you're stopping whoever the next Charlotte GM is because there will be a new one by this summer. Um that person is going to stop at a church every day and light a candle. Steph Curry decides to come play for them for in a couple of years for a year or two. Um, you, it, it's got to be joined just because he is still the guy. You, you can't have you don't you don't want bad blood. Period. Like he's still having an All NBA level season. He's still a top ten player in the league. He is still the guy that fills the building, and you want that to be a good relationship. Um, and you. Jason, I'm a big believer in the, and I think you are too, in the, hey, a year too soon rather than a year too late yes. when breaking these things up. Absolutely. Is it different with the I Warriors? I said it last year. Not to, not to toot this horn because I've said it forever. They should have tore it down last year. I was screaming middle of the season, even before the playoffs, that they should have torn it down last season. They didn't. Now they've got to go find, I mean, I don't think they can win again with this core unless they go get uh, unless a superstar wants to come to them to finish his career with Steph Curry and kind of take over, like, and I don't know that that's happening, but that, the the core as it is is not good enough. Clay is a future Hall of Famer, and at this point in his career, fine. Can I float good. something? Can, can I float something yeah. crazy? Let's say Phoenix continues to flounder. Could Kevin Durant wind up back in Golden State? Is there a way to ever make that move happen? Ooh, I. I don't think so as long as Curry there. And it's not that they have bad blood. Yeah. They actually get along fine. It's just, I think part of the reason he left was the, I need to do, I need to, that's still Curry's culture. It's still Curry's franchise. And it always, you know, it will be till he steps off the court, whether Durant's there or not, whether he's the best player. So I don't, that would be an interesting one. That's the kind of player, frankly, they need, but I don't know if it would be him. Um, you mentioned Draymond. When I hear Steve Kerr talk about the lack of grit, that to me points to them wanting to bring Draymond back and play him a lot, but at the same time, he's made these changes in the starting lineup and they seem to like some of the youth that they've infused into the starting lineup. Does that mean Draymond's going to the bench? And is Draymond going to be accepting of that sort of role? 
That's a good question. This I, I don't know that they want to. They've been they've been better with the starting group. They finally just, it was finally just more getting it was moving Wiggins to the bench. And I think you're if you're exchanging Green for Looney, then it's fine. But you've got to leave Pod. You've got to leave Kaminga out there right now. Like those guys are, they're the guys making it work. They're the guys that that youth is why you're watching them and why they're winning what they are winning right now. Uh, you get good, you got for them to win. They need one of clay or Wiggins, somebody to have a good night and Curry to be great. And the nights that Curry isn't great. And they, they lost one last week where you're like, Oh, he had 15 points. Yeah, they're doomed. <laughs> they, they can't, they, they used to be able to overcome that because they had such depth of scoring. They just don't now. He has to be that guy every night. Yeah, he certainly does. Um, Kurt, Give me a thought on the Lakers here because, you know, they're just sort of hovering around and LeBron's talking about, well, we haven't been healthy and everybody's saying, well, it's yeah. kind of an excuse because everybody's got that sort of issue. Give me a thought here on the Lakers as we as we go into the new year, 30-some-odd games into the season and where this team is right now. Their problem is this, and I was just writing this for Power Rankings this week, my, the NBC Sports Power Rankings this week. Even in the last 11 games and for the season, LeBron James has played at an all NBA level, like basically 26, eight and eight, pretty, pretty close to that for the season at 30, you know, at 39, Anthony Davis has maybe been better 31 and 12 blocking shots, playing almost look, he's in a conversation for defensive player of the year at this point, all of that is going about as well as it could. They have been largely healthy with those two and they're 17 and 17, three and eight in their last 11. They're, there's not enough there. They're not a good team. They are just kind of average. And I don't know what they're, they're another one of those teams. I don't know what the trade deadline move is with the guys available, you know, that, that moves this. Siakam isn't necessarily a great fit. And I've not heard that at all. And like, I don't know who else you go get that really moves the needle. Unless something comes up, you can switch the role players around and try to get better role players. But I think they're capable, Jason, of being good in a playoff series. Like, you don't want to face them. You know those guys are going to rise up and play well. Reeves will play well. Yeah. Do you or anybody watching this, do you think they can string together three good playoff series? No. No, I think they're in the same boat they were in when they left the postseason last year. Kurt Halen, Pro Basketball Talk, NBCSports.com. Look forward to having you on the new version of the show on television. We'll talk soon. I look forward to it, man. Attention families with a loved one in a nursing home. If your loved one has suffered from bed sores, falls, broken bones, dehydration, or even death, you may be entitled to a substantial settlement. If you have a loved one who is injured in a nursing home, we will find out what happened. State violations are found against nursing homes every day. You have a limited time to file your claim, so don't wait. Call 800-398-5999 and speak with one of our attorneys. The call is confidential and free. Sports Wrap continues on this Monday. Good to have you with us. Don't forget, want more? SportsWrap.tv. Uh, check out the podcast, vodcast version of the show every day if you want to put our picks to good use because sometimes those picks will come to you after the show has already um, 
you know, the, the games have already taken place because different stations air the show uh, at different times. Sports Rap TV, Sports TV uh, for all of that. So Jim Harbaugh has a new agent, and it's an agent that represents guys like Sean Payton. It's an agent that seems to veer towards the NFL. It's an agent that seems to lend credence to this idea that Jim Harbaugh is headed to the NFL. Whether it's, you know, after a loss in the playoff semifinal or a loss or a win uh, in the college football playoff championship. What a way that would be, by the way, to walk off the stage at Michigan and back to the NFL. Either way, Jim Harbaugh is going to get his bag and it's probably going to be in the NFL for next season. Now, we can talk about where he may wind up, but I think there's a more interesting conversation to be had, Sam. I think the more interesting conversation is what is what do we have in a track record to try and dictate whether he will be successful basically, you know, 10 years after he walked away from the NFL? Because I went and looked through the numbers as one is wont to do. And when you look through it, a lot of people don't realize he won with some teams in San Francisco that didn't have the greatest rosters. Yes, he had Frank Gore, who's probably a future Hall of Famer. Yes, he had Alex Smith uh, for his first year in the league, uh, or for his first year there, and then it went to Colin Kaepernick in the second year. And yeah, his last year finished at 8-8, eight and, eight, and it didn't end on great terms with the organization. But you go and look at those rosters that he was able to win with, in San Francisco, there's no question the guy can coach. The bigger question to me is, can he relate? Is he going to be able to relate to the NFL player in the year 2024, as it would be by the time he gets here? And that's what I question, because it's not the same NFL it was even 10 years ago in that regard. I see what you're saying, Jason. Uh, To expand on it more, it's interesting to think back to a game like the Harbaugh Bowl, right? Mm. Because John had all pros three deep at multiple positions, it feels like. Obviously, Ray Lewis. (laughs) Excuse me. Oh, boy. That's it. It's over. Show one. It's done. Kicking the can early on. Anyway, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed. Um... Obviously, you had Flacco, uh, Ray Rice before he was a horrible person. Um, that team was so talented, and it seemed like Jim was still a, across the board, not specifically just with the Harbaugh Bowl, but the Harbaugh Bowl being a good example. Jim was always able to scheme against these all-pro talented positions or with players at positions where he had less talent. And I think in the NFL, that goes so much farther even than it does in college. It's what's made him so successful at Michigan. The other side of that coin is I think it's what's held him back from beating the Ohio States year in and year out, from you know constantly being in this Final Four that they find themselves in this year. Harbaugh has this innate ability not to be better than whoever's across the field from him, but whether it's outworking the other man or simply just working that. harder to scheme better, that's what makes Harbaugh so good. And, and that translates. That translates across 
leagues across sports, quite frankly. Jim Harbaugh is going to be great in the NFL. I Well, but here's the thing. He's got a choice to make. Do I go with a ready-made quarterback in Justin Herbert? Do I go to a situation like the Raiders, which has a, let's be honest, a, a, a top five, top six defense maybe in this league? Do I go that route? Or do I go to a total rebuild where I can pick all the ingredients for the kitchen, all the ingredients for the restaurant, and go to someplace like, um, you know, a, a Carolina and go to Charlotte and go coach for the madman that is David Tepper who's throwing drinks at people? Do I want to do I want to go to do I want to go to Chicago if Matt Eberflus gets blown out? Do I want to go to a situation? Does he want to be a GM? Does he want to have complete run of it? He might. And history has shown us those situations do not tend to go well. And throughout pro sports, you can look at it. Those things don't tend to go well when somebody says, I want to be GM and the head coach. It's just simply too much. Matter of fact, I think it's only ever gone well one time, like in history, and that's Belichick with the Patriots, right? Like, yep. what other example could we sit here and, and say, yeah, this guy was simultaneously the coach and the GM, and it worked out awesome. You're exactly right. It's a recipe for disaster. When you think about Harbaugh, though, I, I just could not see him going into a rebuild right now. Maybe he goes... You said, did, did you say Herbert's or, or did you say Fields or Herbert? Well, I said Herbert in, in, in Los Angeles or Fields in Chicago. So either of I, those. Right. I think I think going either of those directions makes a lot of sense for Harbaugh because, you know, it, it's Michigan in the NFL, essentially, when you're talking about those kinds of uh, teams just because of the nature of the quarterback and the talent that they already have in that offense. It's going to be... I, I am so, so interested to sit here one year from today and look back at Harbaugh's first season. And some of the odds makers right now are pointing at Charlotte. Tepper's just going to throw everything at him to go get him. I'll have to wait and see. We'll continue the conversation on this and a whole bunch more. Something to consider. The aforementioned David Tepper will make an appearance. It's the Sports Wrap. Hi friends, Richard Karn here. Now I'm known as the guy who can fix just about anything, but the technology in most appliances requires very special training to fix. And that's why my family has Choice Home Warranty. Choice Home Warranty covers over 25 major home systems and appliances. That's your AC, heating, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances, and so much more. Imagine for less than a cup of coffee a day, Choice Home Warranty can help protect you from expensive major system and appliance breakdowns that your homeowner's insurance doesn't cover. Call Choice Home Warranty now and get access to a nationwide network of over 15,000 technicians and the latest appointment setting technology so you'll know when they're on their way. So do what this old DIYer did and call Choice Home Warranty now before something breaks down. Get protection for your heating, AC, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances and more. Call for your free quote today. Call in the next five minutes and get your first month free. 800-394-8109. That's 800-394-8109. Sports Wrap continues on this Monday. Odds and ends right around the corner. Bill Bender on the show Tuesday of the Sporting News. Does a great job on college football. We'll recap the college football playoff games. All of that still 
to come tomorrow. Busy first week of the show. Nick Ferguson on Wednesday. Former NFL safety will hang out with us. Get his thoughts on a lot of what's going on around the league. Next Monday, Patrick McEnroe joins us uh, to preview the Australian Open. ESPN's fantastic uh, tennis analyst, play-by-play guy. All sorts of good stuff with him. Looking forward to that as well. Uh, For a total rundown of everything going on with the show, sportswrap.tv. Also could subscribe to the podcast, vodcast version of the show uh, if you feel so inclined. All right. Something to consider. Um, What the hell is going on with officiating in the NFL? It continues to be something that is problematic. You continue to shake your head and wonder. You know, I can't tell you how many times I saw the word rigged in my uh, ex, formerly known as Twitter timeline on Saturday night with what took place between the the Cowboys and the Lions, the terribly officiated game, the tripping call that was missed, which led to the Lions getting another possession where they'd score a touchdown and then get robbed of a two-point conversion because the officiating crew didn't realize who had checked in is eligible. Um, And and just a, a total disaster for the NFL. It's a story that dominated the weekend at a time of the year when people would like to be talking about the games. It was the topic everywhere. As Sammy Arnell hangs out with us again here on the show. And Sam, I mean, look, I, from a sport, when you when you sort of embrace sports betting the way all these sports leagues have, and you have things like this that continue to be problematic in the league, I don't know how you could have any confidence in what you're seeing being real because what we saw Saturday night simply felt unreal. Uh, it's, okay. All right. Let's unpack. Please. So, first of all, the most, a little bit aside from the point, the most objectively funny part about this entire situation is in the pool report after the game, the lead official was asked exactly what happened, and the official goes, yeah, it was really weird. Number 70 and number 68 came up to me, and number 70 reported as eligible, but then they went to line up, and 68 lined up as an eligible receiver, and 70 lined up ineligibly, which is objectively hilarious because you couple that with the two players being interviewed, and one of them, number 70, goes... I never said anything to the official. And number 68 goes, yeah, I walked up to him and and reported as eligible. Clearly, the, hmm, how do I put this? State of officials, and by state, I mean age, I, I mean age, is hindering their ability to do their job. In any normal line of work, when that happens, you are asked to, pretty forcefully retire. You're outmoded. Yeah, you're outmoded. We need to start doing that with these NFL officials. This is the biggest problem here, Jason, is that we have so much turnover year over year that these guys are just comfortable making these bad calls because they know that the repercussions are going to be so slim. I'm not a tinfoil wrapped around my head guy, but I believe that that the league has to do something deeper in terms of investigating some of the craziness that we've seen, whether it's the missed PI call 
um, you know, missed P- <clears throat> various missed PI calls that we see around the league, all sorts of this stuff. I believe the league has to do a deeper dive into the backgrounds of these officials. And the reason I bring this up is, and if people haven't seen the Tim Donaghy um, documentary on this, go and look at the Tim Donaghy documentary. If you don't believe, if, if there's NFL players that are dumb enough to put their careers at risk vis-a-vis, you know, sports betting when they're not supposed to and things like that, and I'm sure it's going on in other leagues, it may not be investigated to the degree that it is in the NFL. How on earth can you not do a deeper dive into NFL officials that might, through proxy betting, through offshore, whatever it may be, be putting money on games? I don't know how you don't, I, I because there, there's, and it's not like NFL officials make huge money. I don't even think they're full time. I don't know how, if you are the league, you're not doing a deeper dive into the backgrounds of these guys. All right, real quick. I I, I know you want to touch on this, but I got to get to David Tepper because uh, we only got a couple minutes left in the segment. <laughs> Did anybody see this yesterday? It's on the screen. David Tepper throwing drinks at Jaguars fans while his team is getting shut out and then stomping off like a fifth grader. Seriously, Jim Harbaugh, you want to go? You want to go and coach for that guy? I want to see what the Listen, NFL. I want to see what the NFL does to him. One thing I will say: you and I come on this show every Monday. It feels like Jason and probably myself more than you talk about the horrible product the NFL puts on the field week in, week out. Obviously, the officiating, all that, blah 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 blah. The amount of drama that we have had this NFL season from Jonathan Taylor before the season started to David Jonathan Taylor faking an injury and then sitting out for four weeks to David Tepper freaking throwing drinks on fans. This season's awesome. The football sucks, but the drama's great. It's like Bravo. I need Andy Cohen breaking up fights on the set or something like that. It's been that kind of season around the league. All right, odds and ends to wrap it up on the other side. Who do we like for the college football playoff championship games? Playoff games? We'll get into all of that. It's the Sports Wrap. All right, again, set to wrap things up on this Monday. College football playoff picks for the semifinal matchups right around the corner. Uh, Start things out, though, in Major League Baseball for a couple of minutes. A couple of moves over the weekend. Lucas Giolito has a home. We were wondering where he would land in this offseason as we're starting to filter through the pitchers that still remain on the market. Blake Snell is still out there, by the way. I just want just to make that note to everybody. A Cy Young Award winner is, is still available. Anybody? Anybody? Um, so we'll get to that. But um, Lucas Giolito has a new home. Two years, $38.5 million for Big G in Boston with the Red Sox. I got to admit, I did not see that coming, knowing what I know about Lucas Giolito. I'm, I'm close to somebody in his family, and, and we've had him on the show back in our previous iteration before this. So I'm kind of surprised, Sam, that he lands there. But two years, $38.5 million. He can opt out, basically, after the first year. So if he pitches really well, he'll go back on the free agent market, go get more money. And if he has a rough year like he did this year, he can basically 
you know, just stay there and collect another $19.25 million. The more interesting move that got a lot of attention with the Red Sox over the weekend was them dealing Chris Sale to Atlanta and getting themselves a, a talented player uh, in return. I think I think Red Sox fans have to be thrilled, and it feels almost like addition by subtraction for them in getting rid of Chris Sale and you know bringing in Vaughn Grissom. What do you make of it? Vaughn Grissom is awesome. Uh, very interesting situation that happened there with Vaughn Grissom. He was very highly touted in the Braves system, thought of to be the next huge thing, the next Ozzy Albies kind of guy. Um, and for whatever reason, got to the AAA level, played a couple of games in the majors and couldn't figure it out. There is still a ton of untapped potential there. I'm very happy for the Red Sox. That said, we need there's a there's a serious discussion that needs to be opened on the Boston Red Sox and, and what they're doing. I, I don't understand the direction of the Boston Red Sox. It seems like they're continuously telling people that they're trying to build a contender and making moves that signify a rebuilding phase. It it does not make a whole lot of sense to me, the moves that these Boston Red Sox continue to make. Uh, All due respect to friend of the program, Lucas Giolito, that is the big splash move the Red Sox have made this season, this offseason so far. Uh, Trading for Vaughn Grissom, sure, I'd put those about on the same level. That, again, full respect, that's not a huge splash move. That's not even as much of a splash move as trading for Chris Sale. So, But we don't know. The whole thing is we don't know what offers they made. Guys may have just decided they didn't want to play there for one reason or another. You know, it's like the Mets. Everybody's going crazy about the Mets. It's not like the Mets didn't try to get certain guys. You know, it's it's hard to tell. Sometimes you don't find out till six months, seven months, eight months down the road what kind of offer was made to a player. Why did they turn it down? It winds up leaking out later. As much as as it's easy to kill any team for not enough, the Mariners. Oh, my God, Jerry Depoto's getting crushed in Seattle. I mean, the Vultures are at the door right now, ready to pick over his remains because Seattle did nothing in this offseason to try and compete with with other teams around baseball. It's tough. It's tough. You can't get everybody. Some offseasons are just better than others. And I'm not talking, but I'm not talking necessarily about getting everybody. Look at the pieces they've offloaded. Alex Verdugo was a solid everyday role player. Verdugo Red Sox, right? Like it, it just kind of went together. And then they just offload him to the to the division rival. Mm-hmm. And then this listen, I know the Chris Sale experience for Red Sox fans has probably been a traumatic one. There have been very high highs and incredibly low lows. It just seems like a weird time to give up on it all. I I don't, again, the direction of the Boston Red Sox is just one that, even with the Mariners, you know what direction they're headed in. You don't know where the Red Sox are going right now. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's fair. Quick note uh, before we go and and get the uh, college football playoff uh, picks in for the for the playoff, uh, the semifinal games, PGA Tour, Live Golf. They have decided to extend the deadline, which everybody thought was going to be done in December. Didn't get done. They extend the deadline to try and get a deal done. Curious to see what happens there because everybody, Tiger Woods, Jay Monahan, everybody made it sound like this thing would get done before the end of 2023. It did not. There are a lot of players involved here. We'll continue to keep our eye on that. 
All right, college football playoff, Sam Yarnell. Who do you got in the semifinal games? Uh, so we have some late line movement. Give me Texas, lay the three and a half. The Longhorns, they're that much better than the Huskies. That's a Pac-12 schedule that's got the Washington Huskies blown a little bit out of proportion in all of your minds. Texas is going to route them today. I'd alt it up to six and a half. Uh, on the other side, not touching the other game specifically. My play on that game is going to be taking Alabama uh, as a future to win the whole thing at plus 290. So my two plays today, we're going Alabama future and uh, Texas will lay the points. So you think Alabama wins, huh? I A lot of people Jason, think they're playing the best man, football coming in. Something that I've learned in my short time on this earth, <laughs> you never ever bet against Nick Saban in postseason football. It's fair. I can't stand Michigan, so it pains me to say this. I think it's their year. They have overcome every obstacle that's been thrown in front of them. I'll take them minus the two and a half. And I'm going to go against you. I think Washington's been getting short shrift all year. Does Connor Stallions get a ring, though? It's a good question. Give me Washington plus three and a half. We'll see you tomorrow for the sports wrap. Have a good one.